0: Without any further introduction. I am going to bring a very special guest this morning. Somebody who I'm also personally a big fan of. So I am not going to introduce him. I'm going to let Paul Fanner bring our guest. I see his name popping up. Then all of us will disappear. And then uh, good morning, sir. Good
1: morning. Bonjour, as I say. Bonjour,
0: (laughs) Fabi. Good morning. (laughs)
1: Good morning, Judy.
0: You are on. Paul will see you in 50 minutes. Enjoy.
2: Good morning, uh, Robert Woodward Ray Hall. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. How about you, PP? Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, We've known each other for a few weeks.
1: Yeah,
2: for a few. Uh, Well, I was telling everybody, Bobby, when I first met you, you had just stepped out of the race car at the Road Atlanta in 1974 when you were driving your dad's B-Sports racing lola which i i love that race car by the way uh and uh, you drove a hell of a race and i i wanted to know you i just i thought this is, and you were we're roughly the same age uh and you had really long hair then i guess you just changed your hairstyle.
1: <laughs> yeah well you know uh
2: it's interesting the other day uh i there was a
1: picture of uh, uh of all my fraternity brothers and myself in front of our house at, during the day like maybe 1973 and I showed my kids uh, my picture, and they couldn't believe it. They, That's not you, because I, I had long hair, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. As, as most people did in 1973. So anyway, yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's been a long, uh, a long trip for sure. And
2: then you know when I you know I, I I can't help it. I still think of you that way. In in you know you in a race car when you were at that young age was spectacular. Uh, you you were someone I followed and believed in, and and felt inevitability in your success. You just oh. were really talented. Uh, you with your head down, head leaned forward, uh, driving a RALT in Formula Atlantic was one of the most exciting things for a march. You really looked the business and uh, a lot of sideways, a lot of just, you know, head down, go fast as you can and uh charger, you know, and that charger has charged forward and done so many things in this sport that uh, did you have any vision that it would turn out this way?
1: No, I mean, you know, when I, you know, unlike maybe, a, an Andretti or an Unser, uh, where racing really was the family business. And in my case, it was, uh, that was the food business was the family business and that didn't hold much, uh, attraction to me. Very fortunate that, uh, you know, uh, a number one that my, my father raced as a hobby all through the yeah. late fifties, sixties, very early seventies. And of course, growing up as a kid. I had lots of dreams, I had lots of uh, ambition, but I didn't, there wasn't a lot of expectation there. Because how, how do you really know until you start? And, and um, you know, I, I never, no, I never thought uh, I'd win the Indy 500, you know, I never thought I'd win three IndyCar championships, Daytona, Sebring, all these great events. Uh, you know, all I did was try to do my best every day and and whether it was on the track or off the track and, and it kind of all happened. Um, you know, I was very fortunate to uh, have around me great people. You know, Jim Truman, uh, uh, who did so much for me, uh, uh, even during the Atlantic days, uh, but most, more particularly during IndyCar. Um, you know, people like that, that uh, being or having good crews, great crews, good mechanics. You know, when you look back, you, you, it really is pretty fickle, you know, how some people make it and how some people don't because there were a lot of talented people, uh in, in farm atlantic in 1975 and 76 and seven you know gilles villeneuve kk rosberg myself guys like tom gloy danny sullivan uh i mean uh, the list i'm missing more than a few people there was a lot of very competitive yep. young guys and yet less than a handful really make it so you know when you start you just to me it was all about just making the most of every day and and then seeing what happens
2: and you did and you that know. more i've got to say that uh there was something about you when you w- w- you were really the exciting one to watch you and Jill Villain, <laughs> and you had a lot of there was a lot of action going on whenever you raced <laughs> and uh i i think that uh you know one of the things i want everyone to understand this wasn't an easy smooth road you know you, no. you father raced and raced successfully at a at a at, you know at a hobby level but he really right. was a good race car driver and uh, right. yeah but you got to a point in your career where you you ascended to Formula One, you drove in Europe, and uh, Mm -hmm. did you end up working in an ad agency?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, as I said, as I was just saying, it's kind of fickle uh, how, you know, how you make it or don't make it. Uh, You know, 1975, uh, for example, in Formula Atlantic, um, I was kind of, that was my rookie year. Um, I was, uh, you know, kind of one of the top guys. We didn't have a great year. We had a lot of mechanical issues, but had some good races. And more often than not, beat Gilles Villeneuve. And then we go into 76, and of course, I'm expecting that we're going to go from strength to strength. And and Gilles was driving against me in a competitive team, and, and he had a f- phenomenal year, and I had a horrible year. And really, by the end of 76, I you know, I I'd kind of seen a lot of drivers kind of go into every year, oh, this will be the year, this will be the year, this will be the year, and I just wasn't going to waste my, you know, I, I, I didn't want to waste my, my life, my time, chasing, you know, this dream that maybe would happen, maybe it wouldn't. So I, yeah, I, 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 I retired in 1976 at 23 years old. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I went to work for Young and Rubicam, uh, an ad, big ad agency, I think it was either the largest or the second largest Absolutely. at the time. Um, and um, yeah, uh, and then fortunately my girlfriend at the time and, and my my ma- my mechanic, guy named Wiley McCoy, who then went on to McLaren USA for still is there actually Uh, they convinced me that that was uh, that I should really give it a proper effort. And so uh, off we went, but yeah, I mean, uh, it was, it was, I had such, I guess after 75, I had such strong expectations and they are probably unrealistic because everything had been relatively smooth up to that point. And uh, I was to find out later on uh, that one day, one year is a good year. You might have a bad year uh, then maybe a good year. I mean, one minute, everybody wants you and one minute, nobody wants to know you. And that's kind of the, when you're coming up through the ranks, that's kind of the way it is.
2: Well, that's, that's exactly it. And, and, uh, you know, uh, I think we've all learned that if you've been around the business long enough, uh, mm-hmm. in my case, I'm with the media, mostly they don't want to know you. So, the, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, I think the, the thing that really stands out about me is, you know, you are determined and resilient watching you come back race after race. When you, when you're, re- you're relentless, when you're in a race car, you're smart too, when you are in a race car. I see the same thing in your business. Uh, you know, and I want to jump off on a business track just for a mm-hmm. few minutes because I, I want people to understand that racing is a springboard uh, to greater things. If you build a personal brand and you did a good job of doing that, Bobby, and you want to tell us about the other business interests you now have and what you're doing beyond racing, just so people get a sense of what you built from this.
1: I'd be happy to. Um, well, you yeah, know, I, uh... I'm not the originator of this by any means. I think you probably have to say Roger Penske was the first guy to really uh, take what he did in racing and um, and uh, you know the the, the connections. Uh, of course, Roger's got an unbelievable un- unbelievable work ethic. I think we all know that. Yeah. Uh, but he took what he had done in racing, which at the time was you know was still pretty much a, an amateur sport. But he took that and then really used that to build. You know what exists today, which is unbelievable. But I so I saw him as really kind of the he was the the example. Um, there were others. Parnelli Jones did very well. Um, you know, uh, guys who really looked at it. Uh, uh, that um, I mean, they recognized. I would say uh, that uh, you know, racing is only you're only there for so long. I mean, uh, even if you have a super successful career, you know, by the time you're 40, you know, you're not even halfway through your life, maybe you're kind of done, you know, with this thing that, that you've had such a passion for. And it's, what have you done to prepare for that? So uh, in the late eighties, um, I was uh, introduced to people at Honda. Uh, I was living in Columbus, Ohio at the time and uh, met the, the president of Honda, what they call HAM, Honda of America manufacturing, a fabulous guy named uh, Ira Majiri And um, and uh, Mr. Every, Mr. Erie was sort of the Mr. Motorcycle. He was the guy that was, uh, he was, he was from Honda R&D, br- brilliant man, but he was all about motorcycle engines and racing engines. And you know, of course, this is the time of Freddie Spencer and Eddie Lawson and guys like that. And uh, anyway, uh, got to meet the Honda people and, and to express my interest in getting into the car business. I'd worked in a car dealership in between my years in, uh, in college. Um, so um, you know that kind of seemed to be an automatic, frankly, uh, for me. And, um, uh, so met people and, um, uh, and I went to a fellow in Chicago area where I lived at the time and said, Hey, uh, here's an offer. You know, you go run this place and, you know, I'll put the money up and, um, and we'll go from there. And frankly, we had pretty humble aspirations. We thought that was it. We became a Honda dealer, uh, near Mechan- near Harrisburg PA and Mechanicsburg. Um, yep. they called Bobby Ray all Honda. That was the start and kind of thought that was going to be the end of it. And uh, yet uh, that was 32 years ago, which is hard to believe. And thank God, because uh, you know we've been over the years, we've expanded our dealerships and we're in the top 100, say 110 of US dealerships in terms of, uh, of volume and profitability and what have you. So um, yeah, it's been a heck of a ride on that front. So I was able to really take what I had done in racing as Roger did and kind of expand upon that and, and really make a career a second career out of that and that of course allowed me to then get involved in 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 racing teams because when i was racing about the last thing i had any interest in doing was being a race uh, a team owner and, and um and that uh, that that idea changed as i got closer to um to what i considered my retirement age at 40 uh of course i retired at 45 but i had been in the car business for five years by that time so um, you know, it, it just kind of one thing led to the other and, and really it's, it's, if I have to say anything, I think that I've been very fortunate to surround myself with really good people. And I, and in the end, I think anybody who is successful understands that role that, that so many people have so much to do with your success. And, and, um, uh, and so I've been very, very fortunate in that respect.
2: Yes, you've had some amazing people working for you. I, I've got to say some of the people I respect most in the business and the spirit of your team is, mm-hmm. you you can, you know, it reflects your, you and your character and, and, and your fighting spirit. Uh, and we're going to talk about the year you've had in a few minutes, because uh, mm-hmm. you haven't had a bad year. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was uh, a pretty good year.
2: Pretty good year despite Uh,
1: everything. Yeah.
2: yeah, Despite everything. But I think that, you know, we're on the theme of kind of the diversification. I just wanted people to understand there's more to you than the racing businesses. Mm -hmm. I think people think of you as the racing team and the, Mm -hmm. and the racing history, but you're a smart guy. I've always been impressed with uh, how thoughtful you are and and you give back to the sport. You, you're not a, you're not taking from the sport. I know you're a capitalist like I am. We got to be to stay in business, but you get you give back, and I want to. Uh, I'm front loading to this with some things I, I don't think everybody knows about you. You're involved uh, as the president of the Road Racing Drivers Club, and you've transformed that organization. Uh, and you're doing good things for young people in motorsports. You want to talk about that for a little bit because you sure. really really up
1: there. Yeah, you know, trying to do good things. I mean, the RRDC, Road Racing Drivers Club. Uh, you know, I when I was when I was beginning racing. You know, of course, I'd always seen the symbol of the steering wheel, um, which was a, is the symbol of the, of the club. on um, Mark Donahue's helmet and Roger Penske has been a very, very long time member. And I mean, the best of the best had that steering wheel uh, on their uniform or on their helmets. And, and um, I, I remember I was uh, inducted into the club in 1981, I believe it was, and I just felt, like wow you know that that to me was a real achievement because if you looked at the the membership at the time it was the best of the best as i said so um you know always supported it Um, you know it it was a club that was started in the early 50s uh to really expand upon the safety of circuits and they used to have driving schools i mean in the 60s you could have mark donahue as your driving instructor you know pretty amazing stuff all kinds (laughs) of guys you know um, and, um, so I, um, yeah, I, you know, I, when I was always a, a, faithful, loyal member of that club, cause it just meant so much to me. And then, uh, in about 2005, I think it was, or no, 2002, I believe, um, Bob Aiken, God rest his soul and Brian Redman, who is a real hero of mine. They, they cornered me and suggested that I should become the president of the rdc and um uh, and of course i was flattered uh and um off we went that, that you know that sounds like a big at the time it sounded like a big uh, position um i mean it it is uh we've really grown the club collectively all again it's not just me there's a lot of people involved uh but having events like the the legends dinner at, prior to the long beach grand prix has really become kind of a a must-do event uh, on that weekend, you know. In, in April, we do the same thing at Daytona. We've so we've done a lot to try to promote the yeah. promote the uh, uh, the club itself, but also to bring into effect some um, whether it's Team USA and our assistance and in, in in helping uh, send two young Americans over to England to do the the, the Formula Ford Trophy and the Walter Hayes Trophy. Uh, the Formula Ford Festival, I should say, and which is a huge event. Both of them are huge events. Uh, a lot of great drivers have done that. Jimmy Vassar has done that for us. Uh, Brian Herda, um, you know, um, uh, Newgarden, uh, Joseph Newgarden represented us as part of our <clears throat> as part of our team uh, a number of years ago, and so we tried to help you know help push that along. Um, of course, our Safe as Fast program, which is an online program. Uh, originally, it was meant intentionally. Really, it was meant just for Carters, for young drivers, to for the for us to explain to people uh, these young people, you know, what the expectations are, how do you, you know, how you should approach it, all the facets of becoming a racing car driver, and it was quite good. But really, doing it personally was was tough. And uh, and then a couple of the members took it upon themselves to make this an online uh, tutorial system of uh, groupings of tutorials. And it's phenomenal uh, the impact that it's had around the world, not just here in, in the United States. And I mean, we get people from Afghanistan, to, you know, uh, going online to to, to you know to watch some of the tutorials that, that are available, and, and some of the places, that, last places on earth, you'd think they'd be they'd be uh, interested in motorsports, and that you see it. So it's been a, a that to me is the safest fast program has been a, a real plus, and really has to me. Um, uh, been a great halo for, uh, for the RRDC because there truly is something that can provide a lot of value to people who want to go, want to succeed in racing at whatever level, and maybe for those who want to go on and make it a profession.
2: Well, again, very commendable that you've done the things you just mentioned, and you know what, I, I, I've, proud that I was there in the beginning to help Jeremy launch the yeah. Team USA. I was only there in the beginning, raising the initial sponsorship for the first few years. Jeremy carried it forward and, and found, uh, you know, your support invaluable in, in uh, blooming this and making it a much bigger deal. And okay. uh, the, the-
1: Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. There's a number of RODC members that, uh, yes, you know, the RODC provides some support to Jeremy. Uh, this is Jeremy Shaw, Who this is his program, which is, they go over 20 years old now, a but um, a lot <laughs> of RDC members um, support yeah. it, whether you're privately or through their companies, and so it's really been um, really been a, a great association for us.
2: And I think it reflects too. Your, you know, it's the young you remembering where you came from, which yeah. I think is really, you know, that that heartens me. I, 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 I again, you get back, Bobby, and you you think about these things. And the things you've just talked about are exactly that. And it's a lesson to the rest of us in this sport to remember where we came from, and our and repay those that helped us along the way. You know, Jim Truman,
1: yeah.
2: was an inspiring man, a great man, um, and I, I was fortunate to know. And your victory in 1986 is one of my strongest memories of the night of the of the Indy 500. It was very emotional.
1: It was. And
2: it really was. And uh, you had the restart of the gods. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, maybe (laughs) (laughs) just
1: just say this I was ready
2: (laughs) you were ready and you've been ready for opportunity throughout the time I've known you you've taken and and you know you've taken some risks I mean your first year with Honda was really problematic I mean uh, you know uh uh you with the Tree Sports, uh, you know, the chassis that you took forward with the team in ninety-three, I think it was, after you'd won the championship the year before. You know, uh, you you you'll take risk. You'll take risk on people, you'll take risk on uh things. Be a racer, uh, but you you center up and always find a way forward. And you know, it's there's a symmetry to our lives. I that was my first trip to the runoffs, one of my very first trips away when I met you to race. Uh, we launched Racer in 92. You win the championship. I remember it being, thinking that was a sign from the heavens that this is going to work <laughs> out, you know, yeah. and uh, watching you accept that championship as a team owner driver that year was really special.
1: Yeah.
2: And, yeah. you know, did you see this being, you know, I'm going to do this for a while. I'm going to, I'm going to operate this team afterward. Or did you just think I'm going to do this as long as I'm racing? I have to ask you that question.
1: Well, as I said earlier, you know, I never envisioned uh, being a team owner, Um, uh, but as I got close to, you know, my 40s, when I was 38, 39, I started uh, thinking about it more often uh, because I had seen some drivers, uh, some great drivers become a little embittered uh, and some not so little, a lot of embitterment about where they felt they were being retired before their, their, their time was due, you know, um, uh, I won't name names, but I just thought, my God, how here you invest 20 years of your life. Oops, excuse me. <laughs> and, uh, you invest 20 years of your life in this, you know, chasing this passion and you're successful. And, and then all of a sudden you, uh, uh, you know, you begin to hate it because of what's happened to you uh, towards the end of it. And I just thought, you know, just, I just thought that was horrible. So, you know, as I got closer to my for- to the, my 40th birthday, I thought, you know, maybe this is something we should think about. And of course, again, being in the right place, right time, having great people around you. Uh, I was uh, introduced to a fellow named Dick Strup from uh, Miller Brewing Company. He was the head of marketing. Yeah. And um, uh, they had Miller hadn't had, a, you know, the, the last several years for them hadn't been so good. And, um, um, you know, he asked if I'd be willing to, to do this and, and start this team and what have you. And, um, so it, it took about six months for it to all be put together, but, um, but all the pieces fell in place. And next thing you know, I'm a co-owner, Carl Hogan was my partner at the time. And, uh, all of a sudden I was a co-owner and of course, 92, 91, we were formed. Our Rayhol uh Rahel Hogan was formed in the fall of '91, and um, uh, you know '92 is our first season. And of course, everybody's saying, "Well, you can't be a you can't be successful driver and be a winner uh, in this day and age." Maybe you could have done that before. I don't know if I use that for a motivation, but it sure was nice to win everything and then kind of stick your tongue out at everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah, and, you did too. <laughs> just you, can,
1: you can do it. And, yeah, you Yeah, uh,
2: It was, it was yeah. something to see you pull that off, Bobby. Yeah, it was very man. satisfying.
1: I mean, yeah. every championship is satisfying, obviously, but uh, that one was special. That one was special.
2: Yeah, and I think that showed the full uh, spectrum of what you're capable of. Uh, mm-hmm. That had to be a moment where you'll realize, I can do a hell of a lot more than I'm doing here. There's something, you know, and you had ambition to keep going and do other things. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that uh, there were ups and downs over the next few years, but you were a competitive racing driver to the very end. And, uh, of yeah. and yeah, I think so. And uh, you know, we've known each other, so I can joke with you. And I think I we ran into each other in the lobby the night after your last race and all the big buildup. And, you know, they had uh, floats and tributes and jets and blimps <laughs> and, you know, uh, you know, they had uh, wax figures of you, and they, it was just amazing. They really uh, thought, you know, yeah. I, you were being deified. So uh, I'm there to bring you down to earth. Uh, and, uh, that, uh,
1: I, don't know.
2: I think that's somebody calling you about your yeah, car warranty. I, I apologize. Uh, bear bear, with your me. Your car warranty expiring. You better bear take wa-
1: care. Bear with me. <laughs> oh, <my goodness. laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I'm sorry. I apologize. Hang on. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm joining a meeting. Oh, I gotta join. You're there. We see you. Can you see me? Good. As long as you can see me, that's all that counts. You know? Well, no one
2: wants to see me, Bobby. So uh, you just keep going. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, you walked into the lobby of uh, the Century Plaza Hotel the night of your last race. And, yeah. Um, I'm there to I'm there to bring you down. And I, I said uh, to you as you were checking in, welcome to the world of has
1: yeah. yeah yeah well uh, yeah you know well I I remember you said that to me so well and then of course I I Rick Mears uh, said welcome to the other side of the, wall. I mean, <laughs> yeah. the wall right so now you're where all the crew is and uh, yeah it was um, uh, it was uh, you know just a tremendous um, uh, you know it was the right time it was it was um, it was the right time for me and uh, I was 45 years old and you know, how many more years are you gonna do it? I'm racing against guys that were like old enough to be my kids. Yeah. So, you know, uh, it was, uh, and, they're, and they're old enough to take, or they're young enough to take a lot more risk than us, you know, us yeah. old guys. So um, it was it was the right time. And, and uh, you know, I, I had to look back at the time and I achieved far more than I ever thought. And, or dreamed, frankly. And so I just had to be pretty happy with, uh, with
2: yeah, the, I, it, where uh, I
1: was at the time.
2: And I'm glad you took that view. Uh, you know, I, I I know this is a very dangerous business. I've lost some of my closest friends in this business mm-hmm. uh, to accidents. And I was thrilled you were retiring. I don't want to see anything happen to you. You're a treasure, uh, you know, and, and the things you've done since. You know, you had a very Dan Gurney-like sensibility about you. I know we both admired Dan very much. And that was a sense of relief I had. You know, I was making, we know each other so I make a little bit of fun of you. But uh, at the same time, I never thought that uh, you weren't going to go on and do great things. I just didn't realize you were going to do all the great things that you've done. I mean, you had a pretty uh, interesting uh, uh, post-driving career. Uh, You were six months, you were the uh, acting uh, CEO of... uh, of cart, mm-hmm. uh yeah, for purchasing. better
1: for worse. Yeah. Yes, uh-huh.
2: uh huh? Yeah, uh, and uh, you went to Formula One there for a bit yeah. to uh, work with the Jaguar team, uh, and you know. And I thought it was appropriate that our journeys have been intertwined. I I sell the majority of my company to Haymarket. I arrive yeah. in the UK like two days later to go to the Autosport show, and who's there to meet me in the bar <laughs> uh, with myself and you and John Chambers and. Uh, That's right. And i'm glad you didn't uh, say welcome to the world of has to me um <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but what
1: well, i I'm, yeah i've never looked at you as a has-been uh, paul i mean i uh you know, I, I i remember the days of formula magazine i remember the day obviously racer um uh, yeah. but, but i you, I, 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 but uh,
2: thank
1: you. Yeah, I lived i lived to to get that magazine as i do uh, racer uh, even today and you know i i was um I think there have been two. There's there's one big thing that has uh, driven me, I think, in whatever I've done is just as in racing. You know, I never, when I drove, I I was there to win. I wasn't there to participate or to be part of a scene or, um, you know, you're either there to win or why why bother? I mean, there's so much, the amount of effort that it takes, um, whether it's as a driver or as an owner, um, uh, is such that, you know, I can't imagine doing it you know, and not going into every race thinking you had a chance to win or, or that you were in a good position to win. And of course you don't win every time, but, um, but every race, you find something of value that come, that comes out of it that you can use at the next race. or the following races. And I, and, and, and for me, and once I retired, whether it's in the car dealerships or as my poor wife will tell you, I'm not the kind to of sit on the beach. I'm not the kind of sit there and read a book. I'm the kind, I have to be out doing something and, um, um, you know, I've been, uh, I've been for, you know, even the things like, and sometimes I think my passion for the sport got in the way uh, yeah. of, of maybe some, uh, rational thought because I, I did take on for a brief period of time, the interim chairman of cart. Yeah. Um, I was never intending to do that for a long period of time, but of course that opened up all kinds of uh, interesting uh, experiences and stories. You know, I went to Jaguar, um you know, some people probably thought I was crazy. Um, I went there because Ford asked me to go there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, guy named Neil Ressler who was head of Ford engineering yep. and really the, the all of racing really reported to Neil uh, eventually. Um, you know, and I actually, I actually enjoyed it. uh, uh I, I wish it had been longer at the time because I think we were making good progress, but nevertheless, I wouldn't trade those experiences for anything. Mm-hmm. And I think oftentimes that, um, uh, you know, those decisions to, to go in those, to go those ways, whether it's in car, interim chairman or whatever. Um, a lot of it was based on the, on the passion that I have for the sport. For the, for, and it is, a, you know, it's a business, but dig down beneath, it's still a sport. And that's, that's uh, to me, that's what motivated me. And, uh, and that's even true today. I mean, what motivates me today is uh, uh, to have one of the best teams out there and to go into every race with as good a chance of winning as anybody else.
2: Well that's a perfect segue to what I want to talk about next. Um, this amazing race team, you know, I'm a fan of your race team and yeah, you know, the people in it and uh, you you you're a dangerous bunch. you're gonna you're out <laughs> there to, you're out there to win and uh, I've seen some really savvy, uh, calls, like, uh, some of the, the things you've done in IMSA have just been brilliant, uh, mm-hmm. just strategy calls to win some of these races. And, and I gotta tell you this Indy 500 this year, Bobby, we're going to talk about it for a minute, but I, I literally hands, the hair on my arms stand set up. When I think about Takuma Sato there this year, yeah. that yeah. was, that was the ultimate gunfight between the probably, he, he is up there now as one of the very best drivers in IndyCar racing. He's proven mm-hmm. it. And yeah. He beat what was arguably the best driver of this era and one yeah. of the very best teams on one of their very best days. Yeah. Your team beat them with a driver that delivered right. a performance of a lifetime.
1: Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> you look at Takuma's record last three years, it's win, third, win. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know, yeah. Not many guys racing the 500 have had that kind of... Uh, that kind of run, but now Takuma, um, the team, uh, of course, you know, uh, as a team, we were very competitive this year, you know, Graham ended up third, you know, right on, uh, yep. running right on Dixon's tail. Um, uh, Spencer Pigot was having a decent race and unfortunately had, had that accident, but, um, you know, we had what, three cars in the top 11 and qualifying. That's, that's not too shabby. And, and, uh, and even though we don't, we really never put that much emphasis uh, on qualifying per se. We look for race cars. And I think obviously we, you saw the, the value in that approach come race day because uh, Takuma was up front the whole time. Graham had dropped back a bit. They made a few adjustments and then he drove through the field. So, um, you know, I think the approach uh, that we, we've taken, we, we take on that and during that month of May in particular has worked out. Uh, 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 a number of times Uh, we don't always hit it out of the park but this year i think you could say uh we hit it out of the park and and that's again it comes down to great people great engineering great mechanicals great mechanics you know the pit stops really strong this or that everything has to work and uh they you know takuma and his team well the whole team in general just really uh, uh uh worked hard to get the kind of result that we had and gives you a lot of obviously a tremendous amount of satisfaction, you know, for me, uh, people always ask me what's the difference in winning the 500 as a driver versus an owner. And, um, I always tell people, I think as an owner, you truly appreciate just what are, what goes into it. Yeah. yeah. Cause there's a lot of moving pieces that go into it and, and only as an owner can you really know that and understand that. And so, uh, you know, this year's 500 was super, uh, satisfying, for me personally and for the team and, and particularly for me, on, um, for my team, from my partners, David and Mike Lanigan, you know, Mike had been a long time supporter in racing sponsor co-owner of teams. It, this is his dream. I think he was there 30 years. And we were able to deliver that, that dream to him this year. And, uh, obviously that was very, very satisfying.
2: It had to be Bobby. And, uh, I was elated. I mean, I, you know, I, I, A lot of times my heart rides too with Mike Hall and the the target team. Mike was, you know, my mentor and brought me along in racing and Chip's one of my longest standing friendships and I admire Roger and his team, but there's something special about your team in my mind. And, and, uh, I, I I know where you came from and I know what you've done to build the team and, and, uh, it was absolutely thrilling. And our audience at racer.com went, you know, crazy over this. I mean, we had more traffic this year in August than we did in May, 2019, mm. we had 462,000 shares of content. And awesome. the majority of that awesome. was around this Indy 500 win. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, we, you know, the grandstands were empty, but the real race fans that love the Indy 500 were absolutely engaged and yeah. excited about what happened.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think what made it, um, I mean, obviously it was, um, it's kind of strange. You know, yeah, there you are and there's nobody and there, it's just gray. You know, that, that yeah. place looks like a bunch, looks like a battleship. Everything's gray, Navy, yeah. you know, Navy gray. And yet, in, of course, most 500s is nothing but colors. Now there was nobody there. And, and yet, um, that really didn't affect the, the race was the race. And, yeah. uh, I, and I thought one of the great things that I just loved seeing it, uh, was, you know, there's that gap in the short shoot between turn one and two and, uh, across the street. Here there are a couple hundred people, maybe a thousand people, um, with lawn chairs, uh, they had their TVs going, they can walk, they could, they could, you know, see through this gap. You probably, I don't know if you could see the cars, but you could hear them. Yeah. And, um, and that to me just said it all. That just what makes this race so great, that race so great, the 500, this, the passion that people have for it. And, and, uh, and it's a generational passion. It's not, you know, one generation It runs. For multiple generations, and that just—that's just what makes that race so special. So that was—that was—that uh, was pretty satisfying to me to not just win that race, but then to go outside and see the level of commitment that uh, our fans had towards uh, towards that race.
2: They do, and you know, you've you've been central to some of the most memorable Indy 500s in history, uh, in my mind. You know, like I said, your win with uh, Jim Truman is yeah. is uh, a testament to the human spirit ultimately. and and, you know God rest his soul, what a magnificent man, he helped you find your dream here he
1: did, I mean Jim was uh, Jim was uh, as I tell people, he was like a father he was like a brother, he was like a friend he was like, he was a sponsor Uh, he was a uh, advisor Uh, I mean Jim uh, fulfilled a lot of roles uh, and represented I should say a lot of roles for me prior to our working together when I was in SCCA racing, uh, even when I was in Europe racing Formula three and Formula two, he was, he was helping, but then to put the team together with Steve Horn and Jim, um, obviously that took it to a, a higher level. And, um, uh, and you know, uh, it's interesting, Doug Shearson, who is a guy that I drove for in Formula Atlantic
2: it was a friend of you mine know, as well, he was yeah. a
1: good friend of ours, a good friend of Jim's. After the race, he said to me, "He goes, you know, the 32 of us, the other 32 of us, never knew we didn't stand a chance. You know that, given Jim's condition, the good Lord was going to make sure that we won that day. And, and I don't know if that's uh, if that's necessarily true, but I'm going to I'll take it. And uh, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was a, a very emotional, very satisfying moment for for all of us, on the not just those on the team, but p- people who knew Jim, people who." followed him and followed the racing. I mean, it was a pretty magical moment.
2: It defines what the Indianapolis 500 is about. And I think that uh, with that, you know, I want to segue, got a lot, a few more things to cover here, but uh, maybe the greatest moment of you know, energy I've ever seen at the Indy 500 was when uh, uh, a girl named Danica took the lead of the Indianapolis 500 near the closing stages of the race driving for you. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. It yeah. was more than crazy that yeah. I felt the world change a little bit. With passing,
1: uh, passing Dan Weldon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I tell people those who were there, no, I mean, the whole place went up for grabs when she passed him. Um, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you, you just, you just couldn't imagine. I mean, it was just, um, uh, she did what she had to do, you know, Scott Remke, was calling a great race, uh, for us. Uh, um, you know, uh, it was, uh, I mean, she did a great job that whole month and of course come right, you know, we got a little lucky in the race, you know, she kind of spun and, and two other fellows got taken out as a result, but nevertheless kept it off the, you know, pretty much kept it off the wall, came back and, and we're in a position to win the race. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was. I'll never forget that that May. Um, uh, of course, you know, we've been to Japan already. She qualified either on pole or the front row in Japan, led the race, um, you know, and Danica was not short of guts and courage. Yeah. You know? yeah. Always had that. And, and um, yeah, uh, as that race progressed, I mean, you could just feel the, the, you know, I mean, she was being willed along by all those people watching there as spectators and probably on TV. And I think that TV rating is still the highest TV rating, you know, maybe since the early eighties or mid eighties or something. And, um, yeah, the uh, last
2: flaps really soared on rating. I remember
1: oh, that. Yeah. It's just crazy. So, you know, it. Was, but that was, you know, that, that was, you were talking a little bit earlier. That was kind of a, a little bit of my, um, payback to Jim Truman, you yeah. know, uh, to, uh, you know, he always gave a lot of people. It wasn't just me in racing. He gave a lot of people. Uh, uh, you know, Ed Pym, uh, race driver. He sponsored. it He sponsored at Indian eighty one. They ended up third in an Old McLaren. Uh, I mean, he he sponsored a lot of young people. A lot of most of them in racing, but others in other sports. And uh, you know, so I that was a strong um, a strong uh, lesson for me. And so whether it was. Buddy Rice or whether it was Danica or whether, you know, I mean, there, there's you know, been a, a number of them, uh, you know, we, we start we put uh, Spencer Piggott in a car a few years ago. Uh, Great choice. You know, um, I, I, you know, I just think it's something that, you know, uh, that I think it's something we'll always do. I, I think we'll always have a young person in there because you know, you, uh, at some point you got to give somebody a chance. Jim gave me my chance. Uh, there aren't many team owners out, out there that do. And um, you know, boy, when you strike gold, it sure is fun.
2: It is, and and you know, a thing I like about when, when I, we talk, you, you ask me about people and things, and that we, we talk, we catch up on every now and again. Yeah. And uh, um, you know, I think one of the things that's there's it's many times it comes down to young talent. We got together last year, I think it was at, in your hospitality area, at uh, IndyCar race after. Mm-hmm. You know, earlier in the year, I'd uh, been observing a young woman coming up through the ranks who I really thought was brilliantly talented. Her name is Courtney Crone. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. this is a girl that will tell you she wants to be the first female face on the Board Warner Trophy. Oh, you and, you know, she's raced 360 uh, uh, non-wing sprint cars in one. She's raced midgets. She's raised Formula Speed Mazda formula, uh, for, she's done all these things. She's really talented. She's one of yeah. many young women coming up and you noticed her and asked me about her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, are you, do you, are you just like, are you tuned in to all these dealing talents coming up? Are you watching them or do you just have something in you that you see something and it registers, you know?
1: Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, um, no, do I know everybody out there? No, but I, you know, people like yourself say, oh, this, you should check this person out. Um course is i it part uh, is yeah. from
2: the program with jeremy or they just have an awareness
1: <laughs> well some 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 comes uh, from jeremy for sure i mean you know jeremy and and the group that decides who goes to the you know to uh to england they, they're pretty good judges of and it's not just talent on the racetrack it's talent off the off the track it's sponsor yeah. you know you you've got to it's not just about driving you know yeah. uh, making it yeah. to the top you, you've got to be good at, at all of it and uh and so, um, uh, you know, Jeremy and his uh, the, the staff, the group, I think it's four or five people, basically, they're the ones who do the testing. They're the ones who, you know, are really looking around, seeing who who can fulfill that role. And, it's, and they've been pretty, I mean, if you look at their, if you look at their, uh, uh, the record of the drivers that they've taken to England, it's pretty impressive. And, uh, and some are maybe in open wheel, some mm-hmm. are, are in closed wheel, you know, in sports car racing um you know i mean as i said they've been quite good at it Uh, so you know they you know jeremy alerts me to some people um, i've always enjoyed watching the the um the junior categories race because you really it's it's interesting um but to me uh to me it's all about attitude and um when you meet people what i mean by attitude is not whether you're a you got a good attitude or a bad attitude it's about it's about desire. It's about hunger. It's about, you know, commitment. And, and you can tell that when you speak with people, mm-hmm. um, that's what, to be frank, that's what attracted me to, to Danica. Cause yeah. I mean, she had, it was, I mean, there was no question. I mean, she was a fighter and you could tell the way she shook your hand, uh, you know, her handshake, I don't know if it's still the same today, but her handshake was stronger than most men. Yeah, that i know ever, right. I and, never, and that just kind of calling card you know that was her color. her handshake was everybody's going to remember you because of that that handshake you know they may forget your name but they're going to say oh yeah i met this this little tiny little girl that you know Bob broke my hand shaking it um but it's about attitude and and um and so um you know that's what we look for and and even in the there's a lot of drivers out there who are very experienced who've been successful in other categories and even there, you you're looking for that that special person who just doesn't want to be beaten, you know, just can't take the the can't take the uh, uh, the, the the possibility of being beaten. That's what you
2: need. Well, that was you when I met you, yeah. um, and and that was that's one of the things I admire most is your will and your commitment. And and uh, you, again, it, the people you attract recommend. I you mentioned Scott earlier, who I just thought was an amazing guy, and yeah. Mm-hmm you know, uh, uh, he, you know, he was the soul of your team. Uh, yes. Um, and you just have had a string of re- people that reflect your quality as a person, uh, right. working within your team and, uh, will to win. I, I think that, you know, that you're giving a little bit of advice here. And I, I, before we jump to that, I want to have a closing thought be about more advice to young racers, mm-hmm. but you have, you know, delivered some real success to BMW along the way here too, mm-hmm. sports yeah. cars. I know mean, sports cars are near and dear to your heart. Yeah. And there's been a reduction in scale on the program, but you're carrying forward with them. Um, just tell us a little bit about this year in sports cars and uh, cause you, you're a cagey bunch. And you managed to, to, to do some good stuff this year with what looks to be the biggest car.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think car. it is the biggest car. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, boy, what a change, right? In the year, we go to Daytona, win the 24 hour for the second year in a row. And, and, you know, everybody's out having dinner, everybody's hanging out. And who was to think that what, two months later, month later, whatever, that it all comes crashing down. Yeah. Uh, it's been a tough year uh, for everybody in racing. Uh, the, the pace of the races scheduling, the, doing two races on, uh, on any given weekend is hard, hard on the cruise. Hard, I mean, it's just been hard. Uh, But, uh, you know, the IMSA stuff, as you said, sports cars will always, um, you know, that's where I started with sports car racing. So, um, and that's something great events like the Sebring 12 R or to go to Le Mans, you know, RLL is going to go to Le Mans one of these days and, and, and we're going to do everything we can to win that race. And uh, again, maybe that boils back to this passion I have, but these are the great races that, that history uh, that make up the history of the sport uh, in many respects. So obviously winning Daytona was big for us. Winning Sebring a couple of years ago, we won that two years in a row. Uh, that was good. Brilliant strategy. Uh, you know, sports car racing, I mean, it's a tough, it's a different deal uh, uh, compared to Indy car racing today or, or when I ran sports cars. It was pretty much you showed up and if you were fast enough, that was great. If you weren't, you know, that's too bad. Uh, now of course you um, have this balanced performance which is a I don't think that makes anybody happy frankly uh, it's a matter of being least at ha- least unhappy um, yeah. uh, but it is what it is it's part of it you got to make the most of it but you know winning uh, Daytona as I said was big winning any sports car race we won at Road Atlanta as well uh, that you know that's it's just you know we love winning that's what it's all about and I love sports car racing and uh, as you saw, we're building a big, we're in the process of building a big facility, a new race, r- racing facility in Zionsville, which is just yeah. north of Indy. Yeah. And that, um, I think that building is a is a clear um, indicator of our commitment, not just to IndyCar racing, but to sports car racing and other things. And so, um, yeah, uh, we're, it was a pretty good year on the sports car side, on the BMW side, and we're we're happy. We're going to continue with them uh, for next year.
2: Yeah, I am too. And I, you know, I, I would like nothing more than to see you and your team go to Le Mans uh, because yeah. I think yeah. you would, uh, you would be every bit the com- you know, competitive proposition you are here in IMSA and IndyCar. And uh, uh, I think it would complete a circle. You know, I, uh, uh, I that is the greatest sports car race on the planet, and mm-hmm. uh, I know you, nice. you want that trophy on your shelf. That would be uh, <laughs> nice. That would be nice. But, yeah, so I, 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 you know, you are the epitome of the young driver who made it to me. Uh, you know, you just had such obvious talent and charisma and you just, you had it. I remember just thinking, this guy's going to go somewhere when I met you. And uh, you you backed it up with performance. Even when you had problems, you dig out and come back strong. Uh, what advice, you know, you were talking, you know, you mentioned the handshake, way, I will tell you, my hand is still broken from Courtney. <laughs> Courtney, Courtney shook it and it's like, Oh, how she's about what she's very small
3: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, but uh, i i think that what advice do you give to people like courtney out there right now what do you do now coming out of covid how do you how do you make how do you make it work
1: well you know it's all about um i mean i don't think you you uh i don't think you uh, close yourself off to anything in the sense that you don't consider um uh, any series you know uh, uh uninteresting to you i mean i think the more you learn the more different cars you you run you race the more you learn the more you, and oftentimes what you learn in one you can apply to another um you know when i came back from europe in 1979 to to um to uh, um, come back and i was running can-am um and um, i decided i thought i should i should go to daytona meet people because you know, I, I thought being involved in, in sports car racing would be interesting, which I did. And um, next thing you know, I'm, I'm racing the Apple Computer 935 Porsche. Um, of course, we win Daytona 24 Hours in '81 with Brian Redman and Bob Gerritsen. And you know, I don't. I just think you have to be open to everything. And, but more importantly, I think you have to you have to go out there and you have to press the flesh. You got to meet people. You've got to. You know, just sending a letter doesn't do it. You've got to meet people, and um, uh, and fortunately, any young race car driver, for the most part, every race they go to, everybody that counts is there. Yeah. So it's not like you're having to fly all over the place to meet people. You just walk through the paddock area and introduce yourself, and and it's all about it's all about that attitude. It's all about doing whatever it takes to, to get to where you want to go. And uh, um, as I say, when you meet people, you you quickly find out, you quickly see who who has that. Who has those traits and who doesn't.
2: That's right. I would. We, uh, we probably should send every young race driver one of those grip master things to get. The, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah I
1: mean, rubber ball works too. Yeah. Rubber ball works right? too. Uh,
2: but uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I want to bring it home here. We're going to be out of hot time here. You know, uh, you uh, have a talented racing driver as a son and you've just become a grandfather. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's number Number five hey, yeah uh, I've got four others, but um yeah, that was uh you know it, it I, I'm so happy for courtney um and of course happy for Graham as well uh, I think the big the big thing now is is this a and it's a it's a girl Harlan, which is I think a great name, but is that um is she can be a drag racer or a IndyCar car racer I don't know That's a good I, question. I, That's yeah I'm a good sure question. John force is buying her all kinds of little mini indie car mini drag racers and all that other stuff. So I don't know. That's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting uh, upbringing for her. But um, but uh, no, it's uh, uh, you know it's obviously flattering when when your children follow your footsteps. Um, it's nerve-wracking as hell, I can tell you that. But um, no, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm very proud of Graham. Proud of Courtney. Uh, just a great couple. And uh, yeah, so. Lots of lots of uh, uh, enthusiasm for what the future is going to bring for those two.
2: Absolutely, and and uh, I think that uh, you are one of the people that's helped create the future for the sport by your leadership and your commitment to young people coming into the sport. And uh, I particularly appreciate that uh, about you, Bobby. And uh, you know, and and uh, uh, it's been a, a an honor and a privilege to know you all these years. You're, you you remain an inspiration to me.
1: No, yeah, I can say the same. I can say the same. It's
2: been so. You know, and thank you, you for joining spot. us, too, too. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're busy, and, yeah. and thank you for joining us on uh, for, uh, online race industry week. Our friends at EPAR Trade really appreciated it. They were excited when you said yes, and as yeah, I was.
0: Good, good. We were, <laughs> yeah, and we still are, and, uh, and I, I was lucky enough because we do a little rehearsal with every single speaker to make sure, you know, things goes well. I did a little rehearsal with Bobby and I uh, was in his office with all the cool pictures on the back and the trophy and it was a treat. And, and you know, this is another example of, uh, of racers, you know, Bobby said, I'm busy that day. But what about Friday morning, the Friday of Thanksgiving up a.m.? 8 a.m. No problems, up and ready, working, and that's what we yeah. are. You know, yeah. 8, 24/7, yeah. we're ready to go, and uh, and and that's also another indication and shows that like, you know on the simple simple things that's where all the difference is made. It starts right there, and uh, and uh, congratulations for everything you achieved in your career. A big fan, and and Le Mans. I, I hope you win Le Mans. You know, from a French yeah. man. I'd be delighted. I de wish.
1: I'll probably be hiring you for a translator Francis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, here's it is the truth, is when I'm here, they call me the French guy, but when I go back to France, they call me the American. So i the best translator
1: there. There you go, there
2: you go. Well, I just want to be there when you win, Lamont. I think it's inevitable, Bobby, so right. I'll be there.
1: All right,
3: sounds okay. good. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, Phone number and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use eParTrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now, and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry-only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to EPAR Trade.